Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Crash the Net here. My co-host with me at this time, Dylan Sobo. Dylan, again, how are you feeling tonight? Man, these preseason games have been off to a burning start and been watching a lot of hockey, taking a lot of notes, and I'm just looking forward to um, each week we're hosting these podcasts. Yeah, man, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it, uh, especially uh, first game of the se- of the preseason with the Wild facing the Blues, with the Blues taking the 6-2 win over the Wild. Brandon sawed his first goal in a Blues uniform, but James Neal, like we talked about a few weeks ago, if not, I think it was last week, James Neal coming to St. Louis and having not one, not two, but three goals, a hat trick in his first game as a Blue. I mean, Mike, we expected it from this guy. You know, we were talking that James Neal is one of the best vets in the league right now. And the fact that he comes out and he plays like that, it's just he makes a statement and it's going to impact pretty much the majority of the preseason and hopefully, hopefully deep into the regular season. Yeah, I mean, I know we talked about the pro tryout contracts that James Neal and Michael Froelich signed with the Blues. So far, they've held up their end of the bargain. James Neal scoring three goals, like a hat trick in his first game as a Blue, and then you have Michael Froelich scoring his first goal as a Blue with Brandon Saad. Uh, also a goal from Ivan Barbashev. Uh, all big-name players, all... Uh, just a lot of goals here. I, I love it from James Neal. Like this, this guy has been traded from team to team to team. But no matter what, his his goals show out. Absolutely. And the funny part is, is I'm not even questioning the longevity of this man. You know, he's proven it day in and day out that he can last in this league, even when he's getting tossed around like a rag doll. You know, they have that meme online of uh, Homer Simpson's dad walking in the door. Um, and walking back out spinning around putting his hat on the rack and then he spins around again grabs a hat puts it on and then walks it back out the door (laughs) you know this man has no idea where he's ending up and he's still giving it all he's got on each organization he's been playing for yeah incredible i mean even uh the wild may have came up short but one of their guys actually shined bright that night was adam beckman he was drafted by Minnesota in 2019, third round, 13th pick. Played for the Saskatoon Stallions, Generals, and Frostbite. Ended up playing for the Spokane Chiefs for some uh, for some time. Uh, now is part of the Iowa Wild. Uh, will be uh, he might end up playing and making the main roster. I'm, I don't know if the, this is their main roster in this preseason. I know that that uh, many teams have to go over who they're keeping and what they're doing and who they're cutting. But, That'd uh, be huge. But not That'd bad. That'd be huge because he has the affiliate experience. Yeah, not bad numbers when he played for Iowa. Uh, and he played in nine games, three goals, two assists, you know, five points. He was a minus eight. But, you know, solid numbers in nine games. Um, yep, and that comes from spending time on the ice. You know, when you're one of the, the team's best players, they're going to put you out there and a lot of the majority of the time you're going to get stranded out there which is why you put up that minus eight you know no big deal there no uh, just like to see this guy that you know get drafted two seasons ago and was playing with Spokane and uh, playing with uh, the Wilds AHL affiliate 
you know, it's it's great to see for these young kids coming up into the league and and already doing big things. He's he scored two goals already in the first game of the season, uh, first game of the preseason. So um, not not bad for the the rookie coming out. Next we got up is the Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I know, Dylan, you're going to get on my case because you called Toronto's win before I called Montreal's. And I called Montreal's win the following day. <laughs> yeah, you had the one up over me, but I still called Montreal winning, so kudos to Montreal winning one game out of the two that they faced against Toronto so far. Uh, and, of course, a lot of pressure going into that game. You are the first two teams playing out of the entire NHL to kick off the preseason. You know, you're, you're going to have a lot of pressure on your back. And um, credit to those players who did play. And a lot of them did play their heart out, even though it was quite the wash, the first one. They did come back with quite a great game, um, that second game. Yeah, game one. Uh, Toronto seemed to have Montreal's number uh, with goals coming from Jake Muzzin. Uh, John Tavares, uh, Curtis Gabriel, uh, and um, Michael Bunting. So you you had a great deal of goals that came in, a lot of great assists. Uh, on the Muzzin goal, you had Nylander and uh, Brody on the assists. Uh, Nylander and Sandine for the Tavares uh, goals, and Brody Amadio for the Bunting goal. It was, that was a tip-in. And uh, Curtis Gabriel, the wrist shot, he was unassisted. So pretty great numbers already coming in. Um, he Curtis Gabriel played for San Jose and played for Philadelphia, uh, was drafted in 2013. Out of the 49 games that he's played in his entire career, he's got two goals, three assists, and five points. He's a plus two in his in his career. So uh, still a bit of, uh, still a ways to go, but uh, we'll, we'll see that he, his numbers climb. The lone goal from Montreal coming from Tyler Toffoli, assisted by Nick Suzuki and uh, Romanov. Yeah, I really like Toffoli getting in on that play. You know, former King, obviously, I paid attention to him on his way up into the league. Yeah. And the fact that he's actually putting up the numbers now in the preseason is a very, very good look that he's going to start producing in the regular season. Yeah, I, I, I like him, man. I've always liked him as a king and now with uh Montreal you know he was one of the guys that the Lightning ended up hating to play against in the Stanley Cup final last season and he's going to be a pain in the neck this season with he he's one of those guys that you hate to play against but you would love to have him on your team so absolutely look, couldn't agree more Mike so look forward to Tyler Toffoli showing out this season it's just the beginning for him on Sunday, September 26th, the Sharks finished out the Golden Knights with a 4-2 victory. Uh, goals from the Sharks are Chmielewski, Weatherby, Raska, and Logan Couture. Pretty good goals yeah. coming from their new guys. Alexander Chmielewski uh, drafted in 2017, 6th round, 30th pick, uh, started in the 2020-2021 season played in five games and only had two assists and two points minus two not bad for those five games he's showing out so um 
you know, uh, Weatherby is also showing out for the the Sharks this upcoming season. Jasper Weatherby. He was Mike. Dra- how, Mike, how did you feel about um, the Sharks' performance despite the split squad? Despite the split squad, they they were actually pretty solid, a lot more solid than I thought that they were going to be, just because it's not... That's exactly how I felt, because I wasn't even really paying attention to the split squad, because I'm just like, and eh, they're probably tossing guys around, you know, trying to see which, which lines work, but each each team of the Sharks that played on that uh, Sunday, was it? Yes. Yeah, each team that played... Um, I, w- I was very impressed. Yeah, like I was saying, this Jasper Weatherby, uh, drafted in 2018, fourth round, ninth pick, you know, 102nd overall. He's a left-hand shot. Uh, played for the University of North Dakota. It's a great pickup for San Jose. They really need somebody who can uh, who can shoot like that, who can play that well. Uh, his last season playing for the University of North Dakota, played in 29 games, 14 goals, 10 assists, 24 points was a plus seven so not you know the numbers don't lie great player coming out from mistaken, san jose the last time they actually had a sharpshooter like that was pretty much with eric carlson over there on defense yes absolutely yep that's exactly right uh, you know eric carlson coming from ottawa um he had phenomenal numbers there as well it's, it's uh, amazing to see that he's still able to be such a sharpshooter for the san jose sharks on top of that, Adam Roska uh, from the Czech Republic uh, drafted 2020, seventh round, 15th pick, uh, right-handed shot, right winger, came from the Czech Republic U20 team in the 2020-21 season and uh, moved his way into the Czech Republic team. So total played uh, five goals in between those, or five goals, five games in between those, had one assist, one point, and uh, was a plus one. So, again, not bad numbers for those four games. Would have loved to see a little bit more scoring from a winger like that. But How many minutes did he get? um, He had, sorry, I don't have all my notes with me. I didn't mean to pop an unexpected question on you, Mike. That's no, no. It's my fault. No, you're, but you're no, fine. I'm just curious because if he's 1-1-1, one, 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 you know, out of five games played, I mean, he that might was... just not have been on the ice that long. And if it balances out, you know, he may actually be putting up solid numbers for the time he's spending on ice. No, yeah, that was between – that was in uh, the when he was playing for the Czech Republic in between the U-20 – in between making the U-20 team and then making the Czech Republic team. So, I was just combining those. I don't oh, see. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, okay. I, I don't see any time that was spent. I just see the actual stats from that. But, okay, it's probably just I don't I don't think they keep track of that stuff. No, but down down that far. No, and then you know we had an, another goal scored by veteran Logan Couture. You know, one of the great sharpshooters for that Sharks organization. You can look forward to him making some big numbers, uh, big goals as well this upcoming season. Absolutely. And another guy, Mike, that you hate to play against but would love to have on your team. 
Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Logan Couture is actually one of the one of the guys that I would just I, as much as you hate to play against him because he's he's such a great player. Uh, you also you would love to have him on your team because he's just that good. You see the numbers that he puts up every season, and the numbers don't lie. In the 2020-2021 regular season, that 53 games, 17, 14, and 31, minus 11, man. Doesn't get any better than that coming from Logan Couture. Couldn't agree more. All right, on to the next game. We got the Predators and the Panthers. This is also a split squad here. Uh, Panthers picking up the 5-4 win in um, in Florida. So it's their goals coming from Tanner Geno, uh, Yakov Trenin, Ryan Pitlick, or Rem Pitlick, I'm sorry, and uh, another one from Tanner Geno. So this game is kind of what came to, I guess, a shock to me. With the tail end of the game, there was obviously a little scrum, nothing much doing at the end of that one. Mm -hmm. But here comes a ref out there, tosses a misconduct, and alongside the misconduct, dishes a two-minute instigator penalty to Bobo Carpenter. Do you find that refs are actually going to start calling the instigator penalty again in the NHL? Dylan, let's be honest. How many times do we actually see refs call what's supposed to be called in an NHL season? Just because we see these things happen in the preseason does not mean it's going to change anything come the regular season. I'm just saying, because I haven't even heard the term instigator at all used last year. And then all of a sudden, literally the second day into the preseason this year, an instigator penalty? I mean, really? Yeah, man. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I, I've heard of where players who instigate penalties get penalized for instigating it, but I've never heard of an instigator penalty. I, I don't know. But like I said, those those four goals came um, from. Two from Janot, one from Trenin, and one from Rem Pitlick from Nashville. And Frank Vetrano is really doing huge things for Florida since um, Trocek left the team. Vetrano picking up a hat trick that night. Hornqvist being the assist on two of those goals. You know, just big things coming from Vetrano. Yeah, absolutely insane play style from the man. And he's going to significantly threaten us playing in our division, for sure. Yeah, they actually ended up picking up a Finnish player named Alexei Hipponiemi, who is just starting right now. He played last season in nine games, had a goal and an assist. Uh, you know, two points, was a plus one, spent two minutes. Uh, two, he has two penalty minutes. He was a transaction from the WHL East first all-star team. So you got to say that this guy is being a left-handed shot, too, as a center, solid. Yeah, absolutely. Left-handed centers are a big hot commodity in the NHL right now. 
and um, hopefully you can make an impact on these face-offs. Now, I got a little bit of face-offs to talk about <laughs> later on in the podcast, but yeah, we'll get there. And what did I tell you? I told you all about Sam Bennett, man. Once he came down to Florida, I told you that he was going to do something. Sam Bennett scores. That was an insane insane prediction. Off a wrister to finish off the OT winner against Nashville. I told you. That was insane. I I give you, I I tip my hat to that one. I I told you all he needed was a solid team to play against. That's all the man needed. All he needed was a solid team. And look, he already scored in the... I know it's the preseason, and we haven't gotten the full teams out yet, but first goal in the Panthers uniform, it's got to feel good for him. Also in the split teams, you have Anthony Duclair, Carter Verhage, and Brandon Montour scoring the three goals and the 3-1 victory from Florida against Nashville. How do you feel about Duclair and Verhage scoring those goals? I know Verhage, former Lightning player, and Anthony Duclair is bouncing around the league. As far as that, those three that you mentioned, I'm unaware if they're on the same line together or not, but the combination of Montour, Verhage, and Duclair seems to be like quite the threat down, especially when it gets down to the nitty-gritty on the penalty kills and stuff like that. They're going to give you a hard time, sure. Yeah, I mean, Duclair's bounced around from different teams in the league, starting with the Rangers and ending up in Arizona, Chicago, Columbus, Ottawa. Now in Florida, looks to see that he's sending a message. Even as uh, sending a message of what? Even, I, I'm I'm receiving the message of hey, I I want to live in all these states, buy buy all these houses, let's own all this property. No, to to me, it's that no that you can put them on any team and that he's still going to put up points for you. Ah, uh, okay. okay. I didn't think of it that way. No, I'm, I'm just thinking Anthony Duclair, a veteran of the league, and every like I've, I've heard people say that you know, Duclair should probably end up retiring soon, and he's a veteran of the league and should probably hang him up. I'm like, no matter where this guy goes, he's still scoring goals. He's, he's not ready to go just yet. I mean, people are comparing it, his comparing him to being in the league as long as Yager and I'm like, whoa, hold on a minute here. Yager's still playing in in the Czech yeah, Republic right hold now. Up. Hold up. I'm like, Yager's still playing in the Czech Republic and he's in his 50s. Come on now, man. <laughs> but uh, Carter Verhage, you know, I, I love to see him doing well. I, I know that the Lightning had to make cuts and, and rightfully so, but, um, you know, you, you love to see one of your hometown guys doing well. So, Absolutely. I wouldn't say no to that. Yeah, so seeing Carter Verhage doing well in Florida, I'd love to see it, man. And then uh, the lone goal from Igor Afanasyev from Nashville. Drafted in 2019, second round, 14th pick, a left winger. Dude is massive. This is a Russian here. 6'4", 201. And oh, he's, that's huge. And he's 20 oh, years He's 6'4 as a left winger at 20 years old, man. Um, what a monster. That's crazy. Yeah, the, Pred, the Preds kind of let me down that game, I'm not going to lie. I expected him to, to play better, but I understand being the preseason and you're shuffling lines around things like that. There's ne- going to be next to no consistency that early on. But it, it, it just it stinks to see a team that you want to see succeed not succeed 
Yeah, I mean, especially right out the gun, it, it does bring some doubts, but not to worry there. No, yeah, and I mean, it, it was a split squad, so you can say the first, the first squad exactly. that played that night probably had more of the more of the uh, veterans than the split squad. Um, also, on top of that, the Oilers are going to take the first shutout of the of the preseason, shutting out the Flames four to nothing. With goals coming from James Hamblin, Derek Ryan, uh, Xavier Borgo, and Brendan Perlini. The yeah, game... what stuck out to me most there is that it's not even their big names, Mike. No. I mean, I know it's the preseason, and, you know, the rookies have to, you know, have to show out a little bit. but And show out they did. I mean, absolutely not, show out they did. Not just a shutout, but even on the score sheet, even on the shots, 49 shots on goal in this game compared to 15. Yeah, that was an absolute bout watching that one. Absolute and complete like, blowout. As a Flames fan, it was almost unwatchable. Yeah, I mean. I'm expecting Blake Coleman and Johnny Goudreau to at least put out some kind of scoring chances up there. Uh, Sean Monahan as well, but oh, for sure. I was just about to say Monahan if you did not. Yeah, but like I, like we we've been saying, you know, it's just the preseason and we're getting ready to hype up into the regular season. So slowly but surely, we're getting there. Next up, there's a shootout game with the Bruins and the Capitals. Bruins taking the victory in the shootout. Uh, Jake DeBrusque scores the first one for uh, the Boston Bruins. Eric Howla taking the second goal. And then it's a little back and forth here. You have a goal from Joe Snively and one from Garrett Pilon. Pilon, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name correctly, but Jake DeBrusque finishes out uh, this shootout, taking the shootout goal and coming in clutch for his team with Boston. Yeah, a few absolutely. saves and misses um, here. Mike, who did they play? They played the Washington Capitals. That's what I thought. Vanacek was in net? Yes. I felt he did not play well at all. I mean, you can see why they let him go to the expansion Seattle, but I can understand Seattle letting him go as well. I mean, it's not that great. You don't want to... This is in a shootout as a goaltender. This is your time to shine. This is your time. It's to... like when I was watching the game, I just felt like it was rookie mistake after rookie mistake. Like half of the shootout, the man wasn't even centered to the puck. Yeah. So I'm like, what do you expect to do against younger guys who literally can pretty much put the puck in from anywhere on the ice? Exactly. And you expect to stop a shot and your angle is pretty much 30 or plus more degrees off. Yeah. I mean, like we, were, like we said before, it's preseason, so there, there will be cuts and there, there will be changes. Line changes will be made. Everything's going every, to, you know, this isn't what's going to be written in stone come the, the regular season. So there, there's a lot of growing pains. Also, uh, in that there was a split squad, like we said earlier, with the Sharks and the Ducks. The Ducks taking the split 
the advantage here in the split squad, six to three against the San, uh, San Jose Sharks, with goals coming from Nick Benino, Tristan Robbins, you know uh, Balsers. You know you you live for these kind of these kind of kids, but I mean. Uh, those are the goals coming from the Sharks, but the Ducks, Hampus Lindholm, uh, former uh, former Lightning player Alexander Volkov ended up scoring. And uh, Syracuse Crunch's head, co- uh, the head coach of the Syracuse Crunch, his son, uh, Benoit Olivier Gru, ended up scoring his first goal as a Duck. So really good for him to, to see for him. Uh, Troy Terry and Curran and Greg Paterin scoring goals there as well. So, really big night for the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, um, I can't stand them. <laughs> and I'm really hoping that they're unsuccessful this year, just so it kind of leaves room for the Kings to kind of slide in like they have been in the past. But it's all, it's always them and the Ducks neck and neck, and I always want the Kings on top. But yeah, you got to give it credit to the Ducks here. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the guys that you were talking about in the the uh, Pittsburgh back-to-back cups, Nick Benino being traded from uh, Minnesota over to San Jose. So his first goal as well. Nice to see. Benino yeah. being part yeah. of that. I love watching Benino, but I mean Benino's been all over the league for the longest time, and uh, Absolutely. yeah, he's getting up there in age, but yeah, extremely veteran experience and overall uh, fun guy to be around. Yeah, and then we have the Battle of New York. The New York Island, uh, New York Islanders shutting out the New York Rangers four to nothing at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it was a pretty big statement game, especially coming from that Long Island squad. I know a buddy of mine extremely happy with that win because they always want to see the Rangers lose. But um, yeah, yeah, Islanders played fantastic, and Rangers got a lot of work on. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the veterans scoring most of the goals. You have Brock Nelson scoring the first one, uh, Casey Zizekas, Cal Clutterbuck, and Ross Johnston. All these guys, uh, veterans of the league, solid, solid players. So expect more of this come the regular season. You already know that Brock Nelson's going to show up. You know, Casey Zizekas and Cal Clutterbuck are not finished by any means, especially after losing to the Lightning in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, this past season and the season before. So look forward to it. Sad to see for the Rangers, though, man. You would think that they would at least put up a point at home, especially having yeah, more, exactly. Especially having more shots. You know, the shot differential being twenty-eight to twenty-three. So you're a little disappointed yeah, I was in the Rangers. That one be closer than it actually was, but end of the day, you just gotta just gotta keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And then you got another battle with Canada. You have the Ottawa Senators taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Ottawa taking the game in this one in OT. The OT hero being Shane Pinto. Uh, started the his first season last season. Uh, played in 12 games at one goal, six assists, and seven points at a plus six. So solid player. Right, uh, right-handed center, 6-2, man. Yep. And also from Ottawa, Ridley Craig. What a beauty. Yeah, man. Backhanded shot finds its mark, man. 
and the the goals from Winnipeg coming from Pierre-Luc Dubois, of course, and CJ Suez. CJ Suez, it's his first career goal. He's a minus one. Um, He's he's gonna have more time in the league. Let him grow a little more. I know he was drafted in twenty fourteen, but he's only played in one game. Give him time. Yep. Yep. Give him time. But yeah, like like you said, that Greg shot, man, the backhander. Eleven thirty in the first. Eleven thirty in the first period. What a goal! Unbelievable. What a way to start off the season too. Really set the tone, probably, for Ottawa because they had a rough one last year. Hopefully, yeah. it might spark some energy in them. Speaking of setting the tone, Seattle came out with its first game against Vancouver, five to three, taking the victory. You know, you you had Riley Shahan scoring his first, Jared McCann, Ryan Donato, and two goals from Geeky, all in Seattle sweaters, man. Absolutely. Um, Geeky with two third-period goals. Both of them come unassisted, Mike. Yeah, really, really, you know, a power play goal. And right there at the end of the third, or at the beginning of the third, I'm sorry. But really good, really great goals here. So if you're a Canucks fan out there, should they be worried? Um... It's preseason, but you have veterans taking most of the goals. So, if you're worried about... What they should be worried about is if they're going to be bringing more of these young guys into the main squad. Up to the main roster, you, that's what they really have to worry about. If these guys are already finding uh, cracks in their shield, then, you know, it, it's got to be something that you worry about i know it's preseason but you know something to worry about something for for the young guys to look forward to and something to build on but that finishes up for sunday the 26th on to monday the 27th the flames taking the 2-4 loss against vancouver thoughts um, like you said, Mike, can, the, when the Canucks played in the difference from Sunday to Monday, the big names are really getting involved here. Getting involved in the plays, getting involved in, in the assists, getting involved in the goals. You know, it's a lot to rattle off, so I'll, I'll save the stats for Mike here. Yeah, I mean, you have goals from Connor Garland. You have goals from the new Chase Wooters, uh, JT Miller, and Tanner Pearson. Uh, all, most veterans of the league. You know, Connor Garland coming from Arizona, playing with uh, playing with OEL Oliver and Ekman Larson, scoring the power play goal at the beginning of the period. Uh, it, it sets the tone. JT Miller follows suit. And end with Wooters. Wooters being drafted. Oh, he, I don't think he actually was drafted, man. Right-handed shot came from the Saskatoon Blades. His first season with the Saskatoon Blades, uh, played in 21 games, 10 goals, 12 assists, 22 points, was a plus 12. So you can already tell it's already good for Vancouver, who they have here. Chase being a center here, right-handed center, 21 years of age, playing for the Saskatoon Blades and putting up numbers like that. 
you're already expecting greatness for Vancouver. That's somebody that you want on your main roster. That's really looking good, too, because, you know, Canucks have been in a rebuilding phase for a while, so reality is only a matter of time. I know the last time they made a pretty solid um, run in the playoffs was pretty much around the same time the Bolts won the first time in 04. Absolutely. Yeah, that I, I remember uh, when the Lightning took down Calgary, That and I'm pretty sure it was that year in 2004, or was that the 2005 season when the Lightning won the Cup? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, 2004. 2005 was the strike. Right, exactly. Right. Correct. And the lone Calgary Flames goals coming from Dylan Dubé, veteran of the league, and uh, Connor Mackey. So, Connor Mackey having, playing in, having played in six games, one goal, two assists, three points. That's a plus three. A little shaky, but... You got to give him time as well. Young guy. It's preseason. Just got to keep those numbers rolling in. See who makes the, the, the main roster come the regular season. Yep. It's a, that was a real um, That was a real big one for the Flames. But give it a couple more days and the Flames will have a couple more in their belt. And um, hopefully they'll pick it up. But yeah, start of the season, not so great. Right. And uh, then this is where I get to rub it in Dylan's face, where the Canadians took the Leafs five to two now, here at the Bell on Center, a second, sir. <laughs> this game I picked them to win. Yeah, but you didn't pick them to win the first time. I stuck with them. You changed well, your mind I'm on Toronto. Stick with them. Of course, I'm not gonna stick with the Leafs twice in a row with them playing the Habs. Hey, I was I picked Montreal twice. I know that they had a, an off game the first game, but Montreal took the second one. Even so, with, you picked them twice and went one and one. Yes. I picked the Leafs the first game and the Habs the second game, so I'm two and zero. Oh, but hey, you can be two and zero oh all you want. I never changed. You did, buddy. <laughs> It was you asked the question of who will win this game. I did, and I said, "Boop." Yeah, I did. What? It, what? How am I in the wrong here? Because you picked Toronto for what made you change your mind? I, I didn't change my mind. Yeah, you did. You had Toronto for the first game, and then you had Montreal and then the I second had the game. For the second game. What made you because do that? They were, they were gonna split. That's not a split squad. No, not a split. They're going to split if they out of two games. One uh, team wins one, and one team wins the other. That's a split. I don't know. They I was split e- two uh, games. Uh, I know. I mean, I'm just saying. I was expecting Montreal to take both. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a long season. It's, yeah. it's a long season, pal. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you had goals coming from, again, veterans of the league. Two from Josh Anderson here. Then a uh, goal from New forward Christian Dvorak coming from Arizona and two from Michael Pizzetta their new uh, one of their new guys uh, drafted in 2016 6 round ninth pick uh, 160th overall uh, left handed left winger uh, playing for the Laval Rocket uh, and his time there for last this past season 20 games played 2 goals 3 assists 5 points as a left winger, you kind of expect more goals to, to come through here. Maybe even a little more on the assist side. But, you know, give him time. He, he's still I, I young. I think this he's... is a more feeling out move. 
group. I think it's one of the guys that they felt might may have promise, maybe might be good in the locker room, um, might be well coached, listens well, takes notes in um what is it? In the in the when they're going over the plays and stuff like that. Right. Behind the scenes, the video mm-hmm. the video crew. Right. Takes good notes over there, stuff like that. That could be why they wanted to give him a shot on ice. Yeah, and then the Toronto goals coming from David Kampf and Andre Case. So, again, you have veterans of the league scoring most of the goals here. I think it's the veterans trying to show the rookies how to get it done. But I I, want to see more shots, at least, coming from the rookies here. Yeah, I think you're right there, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Another shutout in the preseason coming from the Blue Jackets to the Penguins. I was expecting Should Pittsburgh. Penguins fans be concerned about this shutout? Because I believe this is how they open the season. No. I'm not saying so. Mostly because, it's one, it's preseason and they have the young guys in there. And two, because two veterans scored goals in the third period to finish this game out. They had Yegor Chinikov score first. He was drafted by Columbus. For, he was their first-round pick, 21st pick. Um, came from Russia, played in the U-20 league, played for Team Russia. You know, um, solid kid, but, you know, it's not something the Penguins should be should be worried about. I know that Cindy Crosby's injured, out with an injury. I know that uh, Evgeny Malkin is also, I think he's out with an injury as well. So, um Wait for those guys to be healed, and I think the, ta- I think the tails will turn, the tables will turn. And then uh, for the final game that this past Monday, you can go ahead and talk it up. Your Arizona Coyotes took the win against LA, two to one. Hey, listen, their goaltending, I don't honestly. I would say it was probably the Kings' offense that resulted in this Coyotes' win. I didn't see many, many huge dominant saves made by the Coyotes in this game. But as far as each of their face-offs go, I felt that both teams should be impressed with their center. Yeah, absolutely. The, a lot of face, a lot of great face-off wins coming from both teams. Nothing to be disappointed about. Be disappointed in the loss. Don't need to be disappointed with how your team played. It, it this was this was hard fought. Louis Erickson scoring the first goal for Arizona, and uh, Dylan Gwenther, uh Genther scoring the second one. Uh, Genther coming from the Sherwood Park Crusaders, uh, coming from four games played. He's he has three goals, two assists. He's a that's five points. Nothing more yeah. you can ask for, man. So, just to recap for the Coyotes side of things, Thornton came up with 17 saves and no goals allowed. Right. And Coronar, also, who is one of the people considering as the backup, um, took on 17 or 18 saves and allowed one goal. So, if there was more action, I would say, against the goaltenders, I would think this could have been um, an easy Kings win. But yeah, credit to the Coyotes, and um, let's keep let's keep that rolling. Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, 
and on to Tuesday. Uh, unfortunately, the Lightning Tuesday. take the loss. The Lightning take the loss against Carolina, three to one in Carolina. The lone goal scored is my guy this upcoming season, Alex Barbelay. I called it already, man. I you called, sure did. I called. You sure did, Mike. I called Braden Point when he was coming up into the league, and look at where he is. I called Alex Barbelay doing the same thing, and already in the preseason, scoring goal number one. Yeah, he played a heck of a game in that one against Carolina. Yeah, um, it did seem like it was majority of the Bolts. I would say rookies. Yep. Against majority, or at least more than a few chain starters so the fact that we actually played as well as we did against them i'm actually pretty happy with that and credit to maxime lagasse man he was thrown really to the wolves and did the best that he could if you're a bolts fan out here you know no no don't panic yeah i'm not i'm not panicking it wasn't vassy in that it wasn't anybody else in that I mean, and it was solid playing from Carolina, too. I mean, they picked up Jasperi Kotkaniemi, and he did well. He scores the first goal for the for the Canes here. Assisted by As Vinny, expected, he was killing it. Yeah, assisted by Vinny Trocek and Tavo Teravainen. Then Teravainen follows suit and, and scores the second one, followed by their rookie, Jack Drury. So, like you said, most of the goals scored by veterans of the league. So, on to the next one. The Colorado Avalanche fall to the Vegas Golden Knights 4-3 to three in Vegas. I have a few, I, I guess I'll say a few, Avs fans on my Twitter who were freaking out over this, and I don't know why. I mean, I can see why. When you're 0-6 on a power play, obviously raises concern. Yep. Reality is, is all they have to do is convert it, and they are fine. They complete the Colorado Avalanche completely dominate the ice in terms of puck possession. Yep. Literally, that game was watching the Avalanche play the like play the puck. Yeah, and, and it was absolutely insane. And even on paper, it it shows that Vegas showed up. You know, twenty nine goals compared to twenty two. They had the greater face-off percentage at 56. Uh, more power plays. Two power play goals. Uh, the only thing that they lacked uh, against Colorado were penalty minutes. Yeah. They just, yeah, I mean, they they really weren't getting any calls, that, the Avalanche. It, no. it was all a penalty on Vegas, I want to say, they were playing. Yep. So, I mean, kudos to kudos to Vegas. I mean, I like Petrangelo and Marchessault on this team right now. I, I started liking Vegas with William Carlson because he was he was a freaking warrior out there on the ice with his yeah, uh, stud, the first year. Stud. So I, I'm, I'm very happy to see Petrangelo, former Blue, and then Marchessault, former Lightning, doing so well with the team. So love to see more of that going forward. Next is the Oilers against the Kraken. Kraken getting shut out big time, six to nothing here. Goals coming from Darnell Nurse, Jesse Puljujarvi, uh, Zach Hyman, Brendan Perlini, Connor McDavid, 
a bunch of the veterans here. This is the Oilers team we have to be concerned about advancing through the regular season. This was an absolute bout. And a polar opposite of a cracking team that we saw on, I want to say, Sunday yep. till right now. And, man, the, the Kraken are in for it. And your guy, I, I mean, I don't want to say your guy, but I know in your fantasy draft that you, you chose this man on your fantasy squad, and Dreacher got absolutely picked apart. Yeah. I mean... It- it's preseason. That was a wild one. Absolute wild one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I might have Dreger, but, you know, I have another goaltender there. So, no no, no worries here on my it's fantasy true. draft. No sweat. No sweat. Just thought I'd mention it. <laughs> I know you like to get <laughs> under my skin here, Dylan. <laughs> but I also picked up Darnell Nurse on my fantasy, so I have nothing to worry about there. <laughs> and he got the goal, first goal unassisted. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So I'll take that in. Like, Connor McDavid's showing out. Brendan Perlini's showing out. Two goals here. You know, big things coming from Edmonton. Do we think this changes things with Edmonton? Does Edmonton finally start to get on a good rally here and maybe make playoffs? I know it's early, but... They're that team that... So we saw it last year where it was basically you have the top five, like, players in the playoffs right now, boom. Bolts, and then McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yep. Every category. It doesn't matter what it was. McDavid and Dreisaitl. That's the squad. It looks like Perlini is finally starting to come up, too. Extremely well, like they always have been. But also incorporate the younger guys. I mean, you mentioned a Zach Hyman, you mentioned a Pugliarvi, and you mentioned Darnell Nurse. If you can get at least three more guys from that roster to execute day in and day out and maybe not put so much weight on Dreisaitl and McDavid, you'll see them advance past at least the first round. I, I hope so, man. I, like, I, I want to see Connor McDavid at least in some kind of playoff run because I don't think he has been since he's been in the league. He really hasn't had a run, and I and I feel like it's really draining him. I think he mentioned it in a press conference once before. Yeah, I I, I want to see more from him, man. I, I I really do. I wanna I wanna see this guy happy playing where he is. But this this team needs to pick it up at least a little bit for and and help him out. I like that Perlini is stepping up, so that'll be a big uh big thing for uh, Edmonton here. Next up, you got the Kings taking the 4-3 win against San Jose. The San Jose goal is coming from Timo Meyer, Brent Burns, and Tomas Ertl. Uh Again, veterans of the league, but L.A. had some new guys scoring. Jordan Spence, a defenseman, a short defenseman at that, compared to others. He's 5'10", 164 oh, wow. pounds, man. 5'10", 164 pounds. Of this. <laughs> he's... he's, uh, a, a, he's Around me, man. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Come Jeez. on, I can make okay, short jokes right, of myself. Moving past that. Um, <laughs> so, Kings. My notes that I have on the Kings. 
the previous game they played, I want to say their face-off percentage was about 50%. So they win about roughly half the time. This game, their face-off percentage was 29. Now, I can't vouch. Maybe, um, Mike, I think you said they played the Sharks. I didn't write it. Yes, down. it was the Sharks. Okay. Maybe the Sharks' face-offs are significantly better than the Kings. Mm -hmm. But going from 50 to 29, that just seems like very inconsistent to me and frankly concerning. Yeah, the Sharks had a 70% uh, face-off percentage here. So the Sharks took most of the face-offs, and it looked like they were dominant for at least a little bit. They had 25 penalty minutes, uh, 22 hits compared to 15. Um, the takeaways, they were pretty much even. But even shots on goal per period were pretty solid. 19-3 to in the first period for the sh in favor of the Sharks, 18-7 to in favor of the Kings in the second period. And then they were pretty much even in the third, having 12 shots. So... It was pretty much neck and neck most of the game, so I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna be too disappointed here. They 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 did show up and they did play well, so I'm not, I'm not gonna knock the Sharks here. It was a hard fought game. They had more shots on goal, but the Kings pulled out the win. Next up is the Boston Bruins against the New York Rangers. The Rangers taking the 3-2 win at Madison Square Garden. They needed to to take this win back after losing to the Islanders previously. I was really looking forward to this game. I love watching Rangers-Bruins anytime it's on. And the two guys who stuck out most to me, Capo Caco and Artemi Panarin, the bread man. Yeah. You know, both of them playing extremely well. And I really feel like if they keep boosting their numbers the way that they are, um, hopefully the, you'll see the Rangers in the top three in the Metro. Yeah. I, I don't know with, with the Rangers. I don't know if they're going to be up there. They, they've they been – they haven't been – I got to have the faith. I got to have no, the faith. No, I, I, I give you all the credit in the world for having the faith for them, but they haven't been in the playoff run in quite a while. I think it, since Martin St. Louis left the team. Pretty much. That sounds, that sounds about right. But like, like you said, Capo and uh, Artemi Panarin scoring goals. Anthony Batetto as well uh, scoring those goals for the Rangers. And Jack Stonica and uh, Euro Vakaninen for Boston Bruins scoring those two goals. So they're brand new guys scoring goals there good for their the organization i mean if you you look at the way this game went it was, it was another game that was neck and neck uh 28 shots on goal compared to 21 here in favor of boston uh rangers had a little bit of the face-off percentage edge with 55 compared to 44 uh no power plays for either team uh they were even in penalty minutes there were there were more hits coming from the rangers 37 compared to 20 uh 11 blocks 10 giveaways per team uh, but there are more takeaways from the Rangers. So, you know, you can say it was a pretty even game. Absolutely a really good one. And I love to see it when, you know, the refs kind of sit back a little bit, let the boys play. And, um, yeah, a lot of times uh, no pen not a non-penalized game really ends up going kind of fast, moving quick picks, you know, in the intermission, a couple commercials, a little interview here and there, and then all of a sudden back at it, second period. I really love those games. Yeah, and uh, speaking of games that you really love, you, the Islanders facing the Flyers here. You, uh, oh, again, goodness gracious. Again, you have... You know, I didn't even take notes on this one. I think I skipped... Yeah, I skipped 
Again, we have veterans in the league scoring. You got Adam Pellick, Noah Dobson, and Anthony Beauvillier scoring the three goals for the Islanders. Uh, Beauvillier scoring the OT winner with the assist from Dobson. Um, and the two Flyers goals coming from Igor Zamula. And I'm sorry if I don't pronounce this name correctly. Maxim Sushko, I guess? Both. I'll give it a, a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Susko. Yeah. Yeah. He had, he had a wraparound. By else. Yeah. Yes. He, he had a wraparound goal here. So not bad coming from the rookie. Uh, Zemela being assisted by Derek Brassard on a wrist shot, 514 into the second. So not too not not disappointing from the Flyers. But you know the you have to know the Islanders are gonna take it here. Yep, and as far as other teams in the East go, you know, and this remains consistent with the previous games that they played as well. Long story short, these guys really find themselves getting going after that second period. You know, a lot of teams end up getting their feet wet first period, you know, feeling each other out. And then all of a sudden, second, third period start piling on the goals. You know, teams got to really jump out in front first to be able to get ahead and then force these teams to start fighting from behind. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you, you, you can't play games from behind. I mean, I, I remember, I think it was, I, I think it was Braden Point who said it one year uh, where he said, like, that you can't allow yourself to fall in the first two periods and then show up in the third. You have to play the full 60 minutes. So you can't. Uh, exactly. 60 minutes or more. Yeah. You, nowadays, 60 minutes or more. Yeah, you, you can't allow yourself to not play a full game. All right, next we got the Sabres taking the 5-4 shootout win against the Columbus Blue Jackets here. I love this one. This one was really heartwarming for me just because the Sabres have struggled so bad um, in the past season, throughout the the offseason even, and just to see them come out with a big win like this and with a few of the guys who aren't really the biggest names on Buffalo really coming out and showing out. Yeah, you, you got to love to see the, the rookies shine uh, against uh, big-name players like Oliver Bjorkstrand. You know, it, it really, uh, especially after losing uh, their goaltender uh, this past year, so, you know, it, it warms the heart to see rookies play, play well and, and have a mutual respect. So it's uh it's great to see. Uh, again, th- this game was pretty much back and forth. Uh, twenty nine goals compared to thirty two in Columbus's favor. Uh, Columbus had the faceoff percentage with fifty seven. Uh, were one out of uh, one for four on the power play. Uh, had four penalty minutes, twenty four hits compared to thirteen. Taking that in their favor. Uh, the Sabers had more blocks, more giveaways. Uh, they had more shots on goal per period, having 10 in the second and 13 in the third. Uh, you got to love the win here for the Sabres, especially being Jack Eichelis, with uh, Jack Eichel still sitting on injured reserve and being stripped of his captaincy. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Brutal way to do that, man. And I wish him all the best, and I hope that he ends up finding success either there or somewhere else. But. I really want to see him do well. That's got to hurt. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't think it's a coincidence that he gets stripped of his captaincy and goes straight to IR. And it's got to hurt. But next on the agenda that we have is Wednesday night's games. The Devils showing up against the Capitals taking the 5-4 win in Washington. Yegor Sharangovich taking the first goal. As I've said before, I've called these players time and time again. I called Braden Point. I called Alex Barbalay. I called Yegor Sharangovich. He's a great rookie. He's coming up into the league. You can expect him to put up Taylor Hall-like numbers for the Devils in the next few seasons. I have You no... sure did call it. And in my notes, I have one word that describes it, and it was impressive. Yeah, nice backhand goal. No, I meant the game as a whole. Oh, I yeah. Said impressive. It yeah. really kind of opened my eyes to, like, wow, this team is the real deal. And then here we are. I mean, we're not covering today's games at all uh, today, I don't think. But in the next podcast, Devils really are dead handed to the Rangers. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it. There's always been that rivalry with the Devils and the Rangers, and uh, I live for it. I love it every single time. Um, there's always the little hint of brutality in there, but... Um, it's always great to see a battle uh, of the metro area. So I, I love to see when my hometown Devils play against the Rangers, especially in a Devils win. Uh, I, I love to see that after all this time, I'm finally starting to see rookies play well and do well and this team be successful, taking victories. I know it's the preseason, but I'd love to see victories coming from rookies that should be showing out. Guys like Yegor yeah. Sharangovich and Jack Hughes. Uh, Nico Hushier as well. He, he took the captaincy after Patrick Eliash uh, retired from the league. So it, it, it's great to see that these guys show out. John Carlson takes two of the goals uh, from Washington. Uh, TJ Oshie as well scoring one of those goals. So um, not, not, nothing to be disappointed about with Washington, man. It. Washington looked like they had the game in the bag, but, you know, New Jersey just came out from under them and took it from them. New Jersey took the last two goals in the third period. And you, yeah, you they can't... exploded there at the end. Yeah, let... they absolutely exploded. And I think the Capitals just weren't ready. Yeah, I think that it was a game where you had to play the full 60 minutes where the Capitals just thought that they had the game in the bag for the first 40 and were like, and I think they just laid back in the third period, and they just allowed them to score, uh, allowed the Devils to score that way. A uh, little upsetting for the Capitals, but it's preseason, nothing to be too worried about. They, the Capitals did have uh, the shot advantage. They had the face-off advantage, the power play advantage. Uh, they had the takeaways. They had the giveaways. Nothing you can be disappointed as a Capitals fan. Uh, except for the loss, I mean, it, it the Washington Capitals did have uh, a majority of the game, so hats off to Washington. But love to see the Devils come out the uh, with the win. Absolutely, hundred percent. On next that we got is the Panthers against the Stars. The Panthers taking the shootout victory four to three in Dallas. Uh, the shootout goal warrior being Saron Noel. 
rookie 28. Yeah, it really came through for them. And I honestly feel that the Panthers and the Stars are fairly evenly matched this year, and I think this is going to remain consistent throughout the regular season. Yeah, and guess where he ended up playing last season? Ser- oh, goodness. Saron Noel played one season with our Syracuse Crunch. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, played cool. in eight games, had one goal, three assists, four points, was a plus four in his season with Syracuse. So, so you love to see the rookie show out. He had the third period goal that led to the that led into overtime, that led into the shootout, and he got the game winner for Florida as well. So hats off to the rookie here. Poor guy was thinking he was going to end up in the city of champions. He ended up going to the state where champions are built. <laughs> Just a little bit too far south. Yeah, I mean he's not in the city of Champa Bay, but you know, as a rookie not just scoring the game clincher, but also the shootout goal here, ending this game. You know, you had the third the third period goal, and then you had the shootout goal that ended it all. Against guys like Tyler Sagan and Alexander Radulov, veterans of the league, you know. And, you know, incredible to do. 4-3 win. Great, absolutely. Great That's got to make them feel good, you know, as a rookie, for sure. Yeah, You're absolutely right. Great win for Florida. Onto the Red Wings against the Blackhawks. The Red Wings taking the 4-3 shootout win over Chicago. Uh, shootout warrior here being Bobby Ryan. Uh, he also had a goal in the third period. Uh, another goal coming from Mitchell Stevens there in the second period, former Bolt. Um, great to see things happening for these former players. Uh, Bobby Ryan coming from St. Louis. Mitchell Stevens coming from the Bolts. Uh, you also have guys from different teams from Chicago uh, on Chicago's team. Jujar Kyra coming from Edmonton uh, and doing big things with them and scoring his first goal in a Hawks uniform here. Yeah, might I add fantastic pronunciation there of that name. Mm-hmm. And as far as both of these teams go, you know, you've got to feel for these guys. Both of them, did their season did not go how they both wanted them to last year and you you gotta wish nothing but success for the two of these guys 100 um, yeah all the best to their fans and stuff i know i have a couple on my social media as well with these guys and i just really hope that they come through and it's not a complete bust and downhill the whole way eliminated with like a month left to play yeah that's not how we want it no, and I, I know we're looking forward to to more goals coming through the season. I know Tyler Johnson's licking his lips in Chicago, getting ready to uh, to start with his first season with them. So, looking forward to a lot of big things coming out of Chicago, and for for Tyler Johnson, hopefully he can get his career on back on back on the track. I know he wasn't playing as well with the Bolts in, in the past uh, previous seasons, but you know maybe he'll show out with Chicago. Who knows? We'll see. I should have bought his jersey. I don't know why I didn't. I think it's because I'm broke. <laughs> I think we're all in that boat. Broke college <laughs> students, man. College does that to you. Let's go. College all does that to you, man. <laughs> all aboard the debt free, not. <laughs> but next on, on the agenda, we got a. Uh, Seattle Kraken taking the shootout victory over the Flames 4-3 to in Calgary. 
Mark Giordano scoring his first. Uh, I believe uh, Jaden Schwartz as well scoring two. Uh, Jordan Eberle yeah, scoring Giordano's the first against his former team. Yeah, pretty wild. And uh, Jordan Eberle scoring the game winner in the shootout. You, you had, yeah, I mean the Kraken. They 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 just got to really get their ducks in a row, honestly. Once the once the Kraken actually gets settled in, uh, I think I think they're going to be a pretty solid organization. I I don't think they're going to be as dominant as Vegas was when they started when they expanded. Agreed. But I I definitely feel like they're probably going to realistically go like a fifty fifty, maybe a little higher than that, sixty two percent win percentage. Yeah. 100%. Not, not not disappointed here. Just, you know, with uh, Kraken taking the win over the Flames, I, I think it take uh, does it take away from the the shutout loss that they had earlier? I, I don't, I honestly am nor here nor there about it, but I was under the impression that they were going to kick off this season like a 4 nothing loss every game for about a week yeah and i'm seeing that they're putting pucks in the net they're preventing some tough goals you know credit there to dreger and the other guys over there as well but yeah for the most part i i give them about a 62 percent win percentage yeah uh, you know the, they still have time they're they're a brand new team yeah, I'm I don't not, think that 6 nothing shutout is a concern. No. Next up, we got the Jets beating the Oilers in Winnipeg 5-1 to here. You got... This is the one that worried me with the Oilers because I felt that their starters were out there. They could have been tired. I hate using that excuse because these guys are paid millions to do this and are usually prepared every game. But... Man, I mean, the Oilers are, like, at this point, hit or miss, Mike. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Andrei Svechnikov's brother is playing for Winnipeg. Evgeny Svechnikov. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Shot deflected, went into the net, 222 into the second. You know, you... Kyle Connor, you had a few of the new guys playing, but it seems like Brad Malone of Edmonton was the lone goal scorer. I think that Edmonton could have done a little bit more with their power play unit. I think that they could have done a little bit more uh, offensively as well as defensively. Like they, they sh- All around, they, they should have played better. If you're looking at the stats here, 28 goals compared to 18. The Winnipeg Jets had the 53% face-off percentage. They... They were even at the penalty minutes with four. Uh, they had more hits with 24 compared to 15, and they had more blocks at 18 compared to seven. You know, uh, Winnipeg definitely controlled this game. They controlled this game. They controlled the offensive zone. There, there were. This game was pretty flawless. It was a like a walk in the park for Winnipeg. Yeah, for sure. Next game that we have. Who's in net for the Jets? Uh, I want to say it was Hellebuck. I could be wrong. I could be wrong here. But let me take a look at who was in that. Uh, 
can't see. Yeah, it was Hellebuck. Yeah, Hellebuck. He's a solid goaltender. I would have. Yeah. I'd take him. Yeah, unbelievable. Wow, what a game. Jeez, Oilers, be careful, man. Yeah, Blues have to be careful as they took the five to two loss in Columbus. Uh, they had more on the on the more shots on goal compared to Columbus here, thirty eight to thirty four. But you know, Columbus snuck back. In this case, I really felt that it was just the Blue Jackets' time, solely because I felt that they played a significantly less amount of games and a less amount of a time span than the Blues did. I yeah. felt the Blues were very overworked at this point. I don't know why. I like Boone Jenner on this team on Columbus. Boone Jenner I do is, as well. He's a very solid player. I'd love to have him on my team if I could, but you know, he very very solid player that I've that I've noticed. So I, I'm not disappointed. Um, they controlled. Yeah, they they controlled more of the game. They had a 63% faceoff advantage. They were one for three on the power play, and the Blues were one for two. Um, the Blues spent more time in the box. That's probably what did them in. They spent 11 minutes in the box compared to nine. They had more hits, 20 to six, but the blue the the Blues ended up, you know, I think the penalty minutes really did them in. Yeah, that's usually the result of games like this for sure. Yeah, I'll keep an eye. I didn't really keep an eye on the officiating really after the first. I would say the first two games, but yeah, come next come next week, I'll pay more attention to the officiating. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got the Maple Leafs and the Senators. Maple Leafs shutting out Ottawa in Ottawa uh, for nothing here. Goals: a Michael Bunting hat trick, and one from David Kampf. You can't be disappointed if you're a Toronto fan. This new guy, yeah. Michael Bunting, man. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. But and as far as Toronto goes, it's just another day at the ballpark, you know. Yeah, it's just another day at the office. I mean, the, the, this was another walk in the park kind of game. They had 32 shots compared to 19, and they can. But it's like they make it look so easy. Yeah, I mean, they controlled the face-off. They controlled the power play. There are a lot of penalties in this game. A lot of penalty minutes, 20 to, compared to 34. Oh, goodness me. Yeah, wow. Uh, there were more hits coming from Ottawa. More blocks and more giveaways from Toronto, but there were more takeaways from Ottawa. So it, it, this was a walk in the park for Toronto. Uh, you got to think that Ottawa's got to jump back into it here. And again, your Coyotes are doing well. Yeah. 4-1 against the Ducks. So that game that had a combined 52 penalty minutes, the referees were Dean Morton and Kendrick Nicholson. So typically two guys, the linesmen are vets, but these two guys are pretty much rookies. You know, I've never really heard of Dean Morton or Kendrick Nicholson. No, I haven't either. Then again, I don't really pay much attention to names of officials. I just care about the game. So... (laughs) Yeah, I'm more of an official person. The linesmen were vets, and I haven't heard of those two guys, which could be why they had to stick that amount of penalties into them. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Again, I'll, I'll say next week I'll pay attention. But, yeah, 
my coyotes and this is this is where i was trying to hold back earlier now we're talking <laughs> see this is this is the result <laughs> i'm seeing four to one against the ducks goals coming from lawson kraus two of them as a matter of fact one from ken Deneen and one from victor soderstrom two rookies and two goals from a veteran of Lawson Kraus. I I know you love to see it. But the question is, does everybody else love to see it? I think... <laughs> uh, not to burst your bubble, but I, I think that more people wanted to see the Ducks win on this one. They, I, me personally, I want to see Arizona beat up on the Ducks. I... I I haven't been a fan of the Ducks since Korea, Solani, and all of them left, and they got a bunch of uh, players who like to play dirty. Only player that I, I I don't even know if he plays for them anymore because he keeps moving around the league. Adam Henrique. Oh goodness, I have no clue. He's a for, he, former so. Devil. That's the only reason why I, why I enjoyed him. Henrique. Adam Henrique, former Devil played. Uh, I want to say he's not say, there anymore. Yeah, I, I'm not I'll sure. I'll be I'm very not surprised if he is. But on top of that, you have the Coyotes took the face-off percentage and the power play. Yeah, they just got to keep on keeping on like that and preventing magically pucks going into the net. I don't know how long that'll last, but we'll see. And again, for those of you that don't know, it was because dark. I projected the Coyotes to go to the Stanley Cup final with Darcy Kemper in net. And that's the only way I picture them being able to do it. Now, the literally the day after I said it, Darcy Kemper ended up being traded. So here we are. I'm sticking with it, still rolling with it. And the bandwagon plays on. Yeah. And then we're jumping into Thursday's games now. Unfortunately, the Lightning taking the 2-6 to six loss against Nashville at home. Unfortunate for uh, last night. Sorelli and uh, Frederick Clayson having the two goals for the Lightning. Matt Duchesne scoring for Nashville on top of Philip Forsberg and Igor Afanasyev. That one hurt. I knew a lot of people who spent a lot of money at that game. And not for the reason you think. <laughs> End of the day. I know Bree was there. A good time. I'm sorry that it didn't end up the result we wanted, but all credit to Nashville here. They played a one heck of a game. Yeah, they were pretty. We we were pretty solid on the faceoffs and solid on the power plays, but that just couldn't get pucks in. And this, like we said before, you got to play a full 60 minutes and you got to get pucks in deep. If you don't do that, then that there's there's no hope for you there. I hate to be blunt like that, but if you can't get pucks in deep and you can't be on the offensive zone and you have to keep playing in your own, the game doesn't look well for you. On top of that, the Golden Knights will fall 1-3 to against the LA Kings. Kings taking the 3-1 victory with goals from Brendan Lemieux, uh, Leas Anderson, and Arthur Kaliev. And the lone Vegas goal coming from Daniil Miramanov. I hope I the said that The only good right. takeaway Vegas had from this game is the fact that one of their little guys was the one who put one in the back of the net. 
hopefully yeah. can spark something this next week. But yeah, Kings played solid. I nothing really jumped out at me in in terms of actual stat wise for this one. But very thankful they were able to pull out the win. No hits either way. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah, no team had any hits in this game. No. But here we go again. The Sharks take the 3-1 victory over the Ducks. They had This time around, they had more shots on goal compared to the Ducks, 32 compared to 25. Uh, goals coming from Ryan Merkley, uh, coming from Jeffrey Veal, and Kevin LeBanc. So two rookies and a veteran of the league scoring uh, and again, uh, Benoit, uh, Benoit Gru's son, Benoit Olivier Gru, scored his first, uh, scored another goal here with the Anaheim Ducks, scoring the lone goal here, uh, a wrist shot, uh, 647 into the first. But overall, Sharks taking over. Any day the Ducks lose is a good day. Yeah. And it's not even Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> <laughs> nope. The Sharks actually controlled this game most of the time. They didn't have the face-off percentage advantage, but they did have 32 shots compared to the 25, like I said before. Uh, they were 1-4 for four on the power play. They managed, uh, the Ducks managed to stay more in the box, 21 minutes compared to 19. So I think, like in games previous, that's what really did them in. Uh, 13 blocks from Anaheim, uh, 9 giveaways from San Jose. Eight takeaways from the Ducks. Overall, this is a game that came from San Jose, so San Jose's got to take this one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely agree with everything you just said there, Mike. Fantastic take. Thank you. Uh, next up, we got the Flyers uh, and the Bruins doing battle here. The Bruins taking the 4-2 victory in Boston. Uh, Brad Marchand, uh, Craig Smith, Brendan Carlo, Jake DeBrusque all scoring here. Uh, Joel Farabee scoring both the lone goals here for Philadelphia. Yeah, player that sticks out to me in this one, Mikey, was Taylor Hall. Yeah. The homie really gave it all he's got. And the pass that he had coming from the right circle, I want to say a diving on the backhand put it right on the man's tape. Yeah. Unbelievable play. Yeah, I, I, this is why he played so well in New Jersey. I don't know why they let him go. He's a he, he's a Hart Trophy winner. He he's a solid player. He skates incredibly. He he's a really fast skater. He was, and this is exactly what I was talking about in the previous game. The Flyers with the Flyers were playing when I said you have to get in front of these guys early to be able to force them to fight from behind. As of the second period, Mike, this was 4-1 to one Bruins. Yeah. And that's exactly the spark they needed. And by the third period, the Flyers only put one in the net. Yeah. Both coming from Joel Farabee. So, I mean, like, good for him. But you need to have more guys up front. Like I said, if you're not more in the offensive zone and you're not staying out of yours – the game doesn't play well for you if you have to constantly make line changes and guys are getting tired and you're not playing a full 60 minutes and you're you're not taking shots at the net like the, the game doesn't play out in your favor that most of the time about 95 nine, I want to say at least 95 to 98 percent of the time anytime that you're in your own zone and 
doing anything like that, it, the game doesn't play out well for you. Exactly. And you, when you're comparing the two teams, you're comparing Boston and you're comparing the Flyers, the Bruins play much larger than the Flyers do. The Flyers play more of a smaller finesse speed game opposed to the Bruins playing a real old school nitty gritty in the hash marks like basically playing the body, grabbing the puck and then dishing it as close to that four by six as you possibly can. Yeah. And end of the day you can see it like in real time that wow this is really where the Bruins are successful. And in order to beat a team like this, you really have to play the outside. You have to find a way to snipe and maybe deflect one into a top shelf. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Now, we follow up with that with the Sabres-Red Wings game here in Detroit where the Red Wings take the 6-2 victory over uh, Buffalo. Buffalo took a big hit here. This is one of those games that, as a Sabres fan, you just have to kind of put behind you. You have to accept the fact that You've been dealing with this pain for so long, and you had that moment. You had your moment like two days ago, and then all of a sudden you're back in that hole again. Like that old day commercial of that one dude crying in the shower as a Packers fan. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much where you have to be at right now in that neighbor's mindset. But if you are one of those fans, I mean, all power to you, still show up to the games, be that season ticket holder. And yeah, just show up for your for your family essentially. Yeah, you you had goals from Robbie Fabry, Luke Wachowski, and a smattering of others. So it, it solid game from Detroit. Uh, I I can see what Steve Eisman's doing up there, and it, it looks like they're finally gonna start being a team. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm expecting some big time projections from you, Mike. Like halfway through the regular season of of maybe a future Vezina or. Uh, a future Art Ross coming out of Detroit. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I'm uh, I'm not gonna say anything just yet. Yeah, but... I know, I know. I I said the regular season. I I cross my T's and dot my J's. <laughs> dot your, isn't it? Cross your T's and dot your eyes. Yeah. yeah, but I don't dot my eyes, so I I definitely dot my J's though. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't dot your eyes. I got like two in my last name, okay? It's, it's not <laughs> happening. Oh, man. It takes me to line. I, I draw a line. <laughs> I draw a line. I, for real, I take I take my signature, end it, and then draw a line across to make both of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're we're going to finish up the Thursday night games with uh, the 6-4 Colorado Avalanche victory against the Minnesota Wild in Colorado. Goals coming from Nazem Kadri, uh, Eric Johnson, uh, Sampo Ranta, um, Samuel Gerrard, and Oscar Olison. A lot of uh, a lot of great hockey here. Yeah, the Avalanche really played a great one in this game. Um, solid play style by the wild as well it's just unfortunately they could not um bring it all together they yeah. had the ingredients they couldn't make the soup <laughs> they couldn't make the soup <laughs> yeah i mean minnesota looked like they controlled the game up until 
pretty much the third period. Yeah, yeah start of the third period was kind of downhill fast. Yeah, I mean, Colorado had the first with 14 shots on goal compared to seven. Uh, Minnesota looked to try to take over from there, but they they couldn't get the job done. You know, uh, penalty minutes quite a bit here. 41 coming from Colorado and 20 from Minnesota. So I, I was expecting Colorado to, to the penalty minutes to do something big here. But it it actually went in their favor. Colorado ended up taking the win. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely crazy. And then according to ESPN's shot chart, you look at literally what the Wild did, and they were all over the ice, Mikey. Every corner. Yeah. Col- yeah, pretty much every corner, both sides of the ice. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, Colorado, that, there's a spark here, and I want to see them get into the fi- into the finals at some point within the next couple years. If it's not this year, I want it to be next year. If they pull it off, if the Wild it, pull it off. If they Mike, pull it do you, off. Do you know the attendance capacity of, um, I want to say, XL Center? I don't know the capacity. It's literally two stories, so there's two levels, mm-hmm. and I want to say their capacity is sub twenty thousand. Wow, that's if, small. I'm pretty sure it's that tiny. That's small. Yeah, I'm pretty. Here, let me let me double check real quick. But I'm pretty sure it's called Excel Energy Center. As you do that, I'm just gonna go over uh, the results for tonight. As of late, the Rangers fell short against the Devils as you said earlier 1-7 to seven in New Jersey at the Prudential Center goals coming from P.K. Subban uh, Jane uh, Kwokanen uh, Tage Thompson or Tice Thompson not Tage I'm sorry um, Tomas Tatar Pavel Zaka Jimmy Vesey and uh, Dawson Mercer uh, lone Rangers goal coming from Mika Zabanajad. so really great game coming here from New Jersey yeah, they are absolutely destroying the Rangers right now. And I pulled it up. XL Energy Center's capacity is 18,064. That is tiny. Very That's small. Tiny. If the Wild are able to pull this off in the playoffs, Mike, if they can pack that arena, that's easily the loudest in the playoffs, no problem. And I am actually really happy with this result tonight. I don't know if you followed, but it finally came through. The final score of the Carolina Hurricanes and Tampa Bay Lightning game. The Lightning finishing them off 8-5. to five. Oh, man. Jeez. Yeah, a lot of goals coming in the third period. Goals coming from Pat Maroon. Goals coming from Pat Maroon, Braden Point, uh, Gabriel Fortier, and Corey Perry. In there in the third. Uh, Corey Perry ended up having a goal in the second period as well. Uh, Corey Andre, Perry is starting to put a couple of biscuits in the basket, Mikey. I'm liking this. Yeah, Andre Pal- I am liking this. Andre Pallat ended up uh, scoring the game opener. Uh, game opening winner. Um, I'm sorry, game opening goal here in the first period. Uh, 11.54 into the first after Derek Stepan uh, scored first for Carolina. So a, a nice... Uh, back and forth there. I really feel like Pally needed this one. Yeah. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, do you remember the shot at the end of the the Stanley Cup final that he had it, it was right on his tape, 
and he like shanked it two feet to the left, like yeah. on complete accident. There was yeah. like no one near him. He just totally wasn't thinking where the net was, and then missed it. Yep. And then he got really mad and then smashed his stick like behind behind the boards. Yes. I think this is his first goal since that happened. Still, all all the well better for Andre Palat. Well yeah, deserved. I think he really needed this one. A nice reassurance. You know, the man's been playing on our team for, Jesus, going on at least five or six years now. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I think he's like, oh, I've still got it with these young guys. Still got it. Yeah, as, a, <laughs> as of right now, um, we're here at the end of the first with the LA Kings, Vegas Golden Knights. Golden Knights up one nothing with a goal from uh, their rookie, Danil uh, Miromanov. So looking great for the Golden Knights. The Kings are going to come back into the second period uh, on the power play with a minute and nine seconds left in their power play. So we'll see what happens there. Let's see if they, they tie the game here going into the second period. Uh, the Stars fell short against the Panthers, 3-6 to six in uh, Sunrise. Uh, goals coming from Alexander Barkov, uh, Marcus Nutivara. You know, he's a great player. Uh, Kevin Connaughton, uh, Mackenzie Weger, uh, Jonathan Uberdo, and Sam Reinhardt. Again, I told you, Sam Reinhardt's well, going to be doing big business. Really showing up. I know it's just the preseason, but it's awesome to see these uh, these players show out. Uh, also, we're here, uh, 6.45 left in the third. The Blues are up 4-2 on uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago. Uh, goals coming from Nathan Todd, Pavel Buchnevich, Robert Thomas, and Ivan Barbashev. Ivan Barbashev scoring 5-17 into the third on a Rishon on the power play. Uh, really great looks here. Uh, as of late, there's 37 shots on goal compared to 22 in favor of St. Louis. Uh, Chicago's got the faceoff percentage with 64 they're even here on the power play. They're both one for three. 16 penalty minutes apiece. 29 minute, uh, 29 hits apiece. Uh, there's 11 blocks from uh, St. Louis compared to 10. Uh, four giveaways for Chicago and 10 takeaways from Chicago. So uh, all in all, it looks to be in St. Louis's favor. Hopefully they close the game out uh, with a St. Louis Blues win. would be nice for them. And uh, we're here at the end of the second. The Canucks are down 1-2 to two against the Flames. 22 shots on goal in favor of the Flames uh, compared to the Canucks' 15. Goals coming from Johnny Goudreau and Mikhail Backlund. Uh, and the lone uh, Canucks goal coming from their rookie Jonah Gajovic. So, yep, we'll, Canucks we'll... got to start getting some big names involved. Otherwise, this is, could end up being a runaway for the Calgary. Yeah, maybe Calgary comes up with the win here. Uh, they're right here at the end of the third. They're in second period of intermission right now. So, looking into the third period, if Calgary gets another goal, I want I want to say I'm, I'm I might just call another Johnny Goudreau goal just because I know he he's so talented and I know that he he's very he's a sharpshooter man. So I'm gonna say Johnny Goudreau puts another puck in the back of the net and puts it up three one, and uh, I I want to say Calgary may take this win. And at the end of the first, this is mano a mano here. The Oilers and the Kraken yeah, are been. the Oilers and the Kraken are zero zero. 
and it's a, it's a little wild to me considering the Oilers have three shots on goal compared to the Kraken's two. Wow. So first Wait, period, 20 let me, minutes. Let me, let me delve into this a little bit deeper here. So 20 minutes have gone Please. by, and the Oilers and the Kraken have a total of five shots on goal. Three for Might Edmonton. SPN, Seattle's been on the kill twice. Edmonton's had two power plays, did nothing with it. Wow. Is Seattle doing things and putting things together? Um, I'm looking right now. I don't... No. Nothing significant yet. The only thing I can say is watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, end of the first the only thing year. thing you can say is watch the game. I'm not getting really anything from here. No, like I said, end of the first here. Uh, like you said, didn't do anything with the power play. Uh, Oilers and Kraken tied at zero. Let's see if anything happens in this, uh, coming into the second. Um, final here for the Penguins and the Sabres. Penguins take up the 2-1 to one victory in Buffalo. Uh, Penguins goals coming from Dominic Simon and uh, Michael Chaput, or Caput, I think his name is. And, Chaput, uh, I believe. Yeah, and Tage Thompson having the lone goal for Buffalo. Uh, big win for Pittsburgh in the preseason. Uh, you have a veteran and... Um, I think another veteran here in Michael Chapeau played. Yeah, yeah played. Yeah, Chapeau's definitely a, definitely a vet. Played for Ottawa a couple of years. Played for Columbus, Vancouver, Montreal. Uh, played for Arizona the last two seasons. Now playing for Pittsburgh. Hopefully he turns his career around and, and uh, does something big here with Pittsburgh. Not only this man's been all over Canada. <laughs> been all over Canada. Eh? Yeah. And uh, the final game of the night, uh, the Canadians take the two to seven loss against Ottawa. I was waiting for this one Ottawa. to show up. You were know, trying to stall. No, it's the last game, man. It's the last game that's on, that's uh, on here. This is the fifth one on my list, pal. There you go. <laughs> Christian Dvorak and Alex Belzeal scoring the two goals for Montreal. Austin Watson and Sokolov, Norris, Formenton, Batherson. A few new names for Ottawa, but a lot of scoring opportunities. A lot of snapshots, a lot of deflections. More snapshots than anything. A couple power play goals. Looked like Ottawa controlled this game. 34 shots compared to 27, 51 faceoff percentage. Most definitely. Ottawa really handed it to them in the second period. You know, you go plus three on the goal differential in one period, it's hard to lose a game like that. Yeah, man. And, of course, Ottawa absolutely busting in each offensive zone, you know, dominating every corner of the ice, playing fucking deep, hitting along boards. You got to watch out for this team. Yeah. And I'm going to wrap up here with uh, tomorrow's games. Uh, we got the New Jersey Devils playing the New York Islanders at 2 p.m. Eastern time. We have the Anaheim Ducks facing the Arizona Coyotes at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Yodi's all the way, bud. Yes, sir. Uh, Winnipeg Jets playing the Edmonton Oilers at 7. Uh, Washington Capitals playing the Flyers at 7. Uh, the Senators and the Canadians playing at 7. The Rangers and the Bruins at 7. The Blue Jackets and the Red Wings at 7. Um... The Lightning are playing the Predators in Nashville at 8. The Blackhawks and the Blues playing at 8. 
And as far as I can see, there's the only 10 o'clock game. Calgary plays against Seattle in Seattle. A lot of great games. A lot of great games for tomorrow night. Absolutely. Starting early in the afternoon, so you guys got to get your get your lunches in early and put on these games. Yep. Man, you got no break. All of a sudden, you wake up. You got college football on at the same time, though. So you gotta gotta balance your day. Balance your day. Don't don't forget. I mean, I know that you guys got this, and then you got college football. I know some of you got your your fantasy drafts for uh, for football. Don't like get your fantasy drafts for hockey. I know I got mine out. Um, like I said, we're rolling out with, with the merchandise with shirts, shorts, and uh, everything's coming out pretty soon. We're still looking at designs. Dylan's still working on designs. Um, every, slowly but surely, I everything. I am in the process of moving, so I, I did have to put a standstill on designing for now, but should be back up and running mid-October. All good, man. All good. No worries here, but... Don't forget to tell your family, your friends, your cousins, your brothers, your sisters, whoever, all about your favorite hockey podcast here at Crash the Net. I'm Mike's. I'm Mike Sperlin here with my co-host Dylan Sobo. Dylan, take us out. Well, don't forget you can find us both on social media. Our new social media, Crash the Net Four. Do not forget to follow. I know you guys from the past probably got stuck on the other one. But be sure to follow the actual new one. We are locked out of the old account. It is not fun. You gotta follow Mike at NHL Mike94. And you gotta follow me at, at Debolt727. We're having a ton of fun doing this. A lot of people involved. Many, many people enjoying the podcast. And for those of you who are playing hockey out there, do not forget always crash the net. <laughs>